Welcome to the Filmhook Podcast, where we try and achieve it one shot at a time. I'm one half the Filmhook, Robert Carr. We're also joined by the other half the Filmhook, Richard Scott. How you doing? And then we're also joined by the official, unofficial third member, Christian Foreman. Hello. That's quite creep- creepy, that music, isn't it? It is. Yeah, we started off quite quite of a creepy podcast, because we're going to be uh, watching... Um, I keep wanting to say a bird, bird man, but <laughs> bird it's bird, b- bird box. Um, as always, I'm going to start off with a fact. You got one, Christian? Yeah, it's not very good, but I'll give it a go. Okay, um... Don't know, slowly, slowly. I'm working on it. You working on it? <laughs> it was really loud. This dial's massive. Yeah. Okay, with well, uh, the facts. Uh, K-Dog, you go first, actually, this week. This okay, week. so I did the same thing I did last week, and it didn't work in my favour when I just typed in the most amazing, mind-blown fact yep. um, ever in cinema. Mm-hmm. And this is apparently number one. All right. Uh, do you know the, the, the charcoal naked drawing of Kate Winslet in Titanic? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. yeah, that was drawn by James Cameron. Yeah, that's, that's uh, the fact. That's the fact. It's okay. It it's remi- not the it best reminded- fact. Um, yeah, it's not brilliant. It reminded me of when we watched The Shining, and um, apparently Kubrick did all those um, what they call the typing, the, the typing, the typewriter where it's the just typewriter like, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I bet he didn't. He, no, you he know what? Definitely he definitely did. didn't. No, you know what he did because he is like that. Yeah, but is he is he like that at the time, or did? Did no. people want to spread rumours like that's no, the, because that's what he does? He spent so much time doing that. He just like forgot about the rest forgot of the film. Like, the, he was just tearing away while they film. were shooting, yeah. <laughs> I reckon if I reckon if Kubrick did this naked drawing of Kate Winslet, he would have made her model naked for it. Probably, yeah. It sounds about right. Uh, well my fact <laughs> is you know the lunch scene in Spider Man one, two thousand and two Spider Man Toby Maguire. Um, you know when he catches all of the stuff on the tree when he's holding Mary Jane. Yeah, that uh, took 156 takes to get right. It is not CGI. He actually caught them and took them 16 hours to get it, which I think is really pointless. <laughs> yeah, that it's is a really bit pointless. To be honest, it is a really good scene. It was cool, but CGI. I don't for care. 16 hours. 16 hours. I'm. I'm. At, I mean, I'm looking at the picture now, and they still look quite fresh. So the pretty good actors thought just being that. Um, yeah. Rob, I, I think I've said that fact before. I don't think you did. I think he I think did. I did. I've heard it before. See, I've heard and it I, before. I think but... I won the round last time when I said that. <laughs> well, that's why I said the fact. <laughs> well, I've I've heard Rob's fact before. I've heard. Yeah, because I've said it. I haven't heard. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard K Dogs. Oh, fair so enough. I think this week I will have to give it to K Dogs. I was. I was. Yes. I was. Uh, <laughs> I was struggling a bit there, like as well. Um, we need to step out of our game here, Rob. We do. I mean, there's, there's just we've said all of the facts, all of the good ones, anyway. Um, all the rest of them are just a bit. Um, right, uh, K-Dog, What we're doing on this week's podcast? So coming up on this week's podcast, we have news and views where we'll be discussing an interesting talk by the Directors Guild of America and shooting a short film from start to finish. And after that, we've got you haven't seen that where we'll be figuring out how Bird Box achieved the film look this uh, by dissecting its filmmaking properties. Uh, then we'll be ending the podcast by answering um, some questions sent to us by our listeners. If you want to send us any questions or comments, you can find us on Twitter at the film look or via email, which is thefilmlook at gmail.com. Rob, get us started with news and views. News and views. No, no, no. <laughs> news and views. No, no, no. We're still working on K-Dogs ever more. Bit so of we're, latency, we're, we're, it's we're difficult. We're still working on the latency. Um, right, yeah, we've actually got two videos this week to talk about. Uh, one of them is from the Directors Guild of Academy, um, their YouTube channel. Every year, kind of, this is kind of similar to last week's where they do the round tables, which I mentioned. But every year they get um, five directors nominated for um, for 
outstanding uh, feature film. So we, there's a there's a talk between Bradley Cooper of uh, Stars Born, Alfonso Cuaron of Roma, Peter Farley, Farley um, of Green Book, um, Spike Spike Lee of Black Handsman, and Adam McKay for Vice. And this video is just a conversation between those three people. There's a moderator as well, and it's two and a half hours long, so it's a feature film in itself. So it's just a chat. Just a chat. Just a chat of like their process. Um, the first question, which I'm 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 about an hour into this. Um, I will watch the rest of it because I, I just kind of like seeing the insights to people. But one of the first questions is, uh, what homework did they do the night before, um, like a big scene or a shoot? So before this to the audience, they showed like certain scenes from each film, and they were like, so what did you do? Is homework before that? Uh, do you go through the sides? Do you go through the script? And a lot of them were like, well, I've already done that prep. I know what I'm doing. Um, it's mainly just sleep. <laughs> prep for the Get sleep. Get a good night's sleep. Um, so I was just going to ask a question to you, Rich. What do you do the night before a shoot? Is anything in particular? Um, I don't really get all that much sleep. No? Because I work myself up okay. and then try to go to bed early and going to bed early never works so yeah. I end up going to bed at like 3am yeah usually I've got a copy of the script and I'll just read it yeah I mean well, other than that, that not a ex- lot really not a lot what's that kid is that because you're excited or nervous both but like you said Rob we're usually prepared yeah I mean our shoots are only two three days anyway so by the time you get in it's finished yeah that's um, true I mean personally Sorry, Kirok? I also think if you're cramming in things the night before, then you're not doing your job right. Yeah, that's I d- true. I don't think I lay out equipment. Yeah, I usually do that. Usually before like an early shoot the next morning, what I like to do is, you know, like the typical pictures you see of everyone laying out all their mm. equipment in a square. Yeah, yeah. I do that in the living room, so in the morning I can like look at it all and go, yeah. all right, everything's here, and then pack it yeah. into the. Which boot. you've already done when you packed it, but it's just in the second check. Yeah, I do that. Um. What I what I do I, I go through the the script and probably the shot list for that day because that's yeah. that's obviously I'm shooting it, um just to, so I go through the plan in my head and go right this so I know the order pretty much back to front yeah but then I'll um I'll lay out my clothes for the next day yeah and, so I don't have to think about it um it's not anything specific it's just just you get ju- them ready I just get them ready put them in a pile pile them on top of each other so when I get up I go in the shower then get ready they're just there to it's put all on. There. Coats, shoes, everything—they're in an order. Um, it's it's just it's something that I do. Um, I generally wear black, especially on a shoot as well because yeah, well, it's non-reflective. Exactly. Um, so it's it's generally all black. But it, yeah, I lay out everything out, even to the, the socks and the shoes. It's but yeah, and then the, I make sure I have the shot list uh, with the clip. I clip it to me jeans, and then I'm ready to go. So yeah, it's uh, by that point I'm prepared. But it's just those last-minute homeworks. So yeah, that video is like two and a half hours long. Um, Super interesting conversation, just from what I've what heard so What did some of the people say? Um, like I said, sleep. Um, they might meditate. Uh, they'll some of them go through the sides. They'll they'll generally not watch playbacks until later on, because obviously now you can get playbacks straight away. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they used to do that right at the end of the day, didn't they? Yeah, or first thing in the morning. Like the uh, the, the rushes. rushes. Yeah, the, because it used to get sent to a film production, a film processing center. Yeah. And then rush back, so that that was the whole the whole process. Right. Um. So yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them just, I mean. These are well-established filmmakers. All of these, they've, yeah. been, they've done it quite a few few times now. Um, Bradley Cooper, obviously, this is the first time he's directed. So, he, but he he had the similar process of like he knows everything. Um, Spike Spike Lee actually just says he checks the weather. 
Because then he goes, All right. if the weather's not so good, I have to change what they're shooting the next day. Yeah. Um, which they kind of do on the fly, depending. So, yeah, this right. is two and a half hours long. I would definitely recommend um, giving it a watch. Uh, the next one is from d 4 Darius. We've mentioned his channel many times. And he's been, he made a short film and what he's been doing is making videos about shooting that short film from start to finish. So you, you follow him during his day. He's got like a GoPro strapped to his head okay. um, and he's talking through, you see him arrive at the location, setting everything up, Mike and the actors going through the process with the actors and going through each take. Um, and it's quite raw, it's quite uncut. He's cutting back to the studio and doing some explanation. Uh, both these, there's two videos at the current moment and they're both about half an hour, 40 minutes long. And it's just like a raw, uncut version. Some of it makes us really nervous because he doesn't use uh, proper script format and shot lists, but he's, he's, he's working by himself, so he knows it anyway. Yeah. Um, some Sometimes it's the first time the actors are seeing the script, so some things will take a little bit longer. But then other sides of it, you know, it's kind of like what we do. He does a really interesting thing when he does the takes. Um, so he'll be concentrating on one actor and he'll, he'll get them to do the lines, change it. But then he'll do, um, I can't remember the word. It's just like a, a mumble take. That's what he calls it. A mumble take. Yeah, so it's do a mumble take. So it's when you're, you're most relaxed and you're just chatting just normally and you do a mumble take and it's just, just say the words just as naturally as possible. No emotion. He says sometimes you get something really good out of it. Yeah. And he actually used some of it in the short film. So yeah, it's a, it's a really good series of videos. I think he's uh, he is bringing more out. And yeah, it's just, it's true behind the scenes. Un- well, it's cut together. Um, Just of the process of him shooting the short films that he does and the, cool. the struggles as well which there's there's plenty of them um so yeah go and check both those videos i will put links to both them in the show notes below if you want to check them out that's the end of news and views nah, nah, nah. news and views nah, nah, nah. all right so next up we've got you haven't seen that and this week we're going to be talking about bird box All right, K-Dog, what's this film all about? So Bird Box is a 2018 American post-apocalyptic thriller film directed by Suzanne Beer, and it's based on a 2014 novel of the same name. And it follows a young woman, or a middle-aged woman, played by Sandra Bullock, who, along with a pair of children, who she's named Boy and Girl, must make it through a forest and river, but they must do it blindfolded to avoid supernatural entities that seemingly cause people to die by suicide that is a um, that's a kind of long description yeah <laughs> well i was just trying to make it that was as succinct as i could possibly no, do. no it's good no it's good you don't have to uh, watch so, the film now though <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was released on netflix and despite its pretty average reviews and um, i think they claim that it's the biggest viewership of any original film they've ever had yeah yeah speaking of that 40... fact how's that happened I have no idea. Hype. It's just very good marketing behind it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So they said in the first week, they had over 45 million accounts watch it. Wow. And then in the first month, it's had over 80 million um, um, Netflix accounts watch it. So that's pretty big numbers, especially for an online uh, film. The last time I felt any hype from a Netflix film or TV show, it was making of a murderer. Yeah, that was big. Everyone, so even that, like yeah. like not filmy people, yeah. even people I know who weren't interested in TV shows or films were all like, you need to watch Making yeah. a Murderer. And Bird Box is the next one. And it just seems so strange that there's a lot of films just like this film that yeah. come out in the cinema, come out on telly, 
and no one's talking about them. I don't know why this one in particular got so much and, hype. And maybe just because it is so accessible. Like anyone can watch it if you've got a Netflix account. Not not everyone can go to the cinema or can be bothered to go to the cinema to watch a film like yeah, this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, well, what do you think of this film then, K-Dog? You, you saw it first, you and Rob? Yeah, I, I thought it was a, an interesting film. It, was, it wasn't brilliant. It wasn't terrible. It was perfectly fine. I thought it was an average film, like a solid three stars, I would say. Hmm. I think it's got some good camera work. Um, the production was solid enough, um, although it sometimes felt like a bit like a TV drama. But the acting was good, and I like the premise. I'm, I kind of like those big horror premises. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of things wrong with it as well as a lot of things right with it. All right, what, Rob, you what about you? Um, I really like this. Um, I, I I don't think it's any different from um, a Quiet Place. You know, similar concept, similar style. Um, I, I do really like the Quiet Place. I think it's slightly better than this. Um, and it, this film has got a lot of suspense in it, um, which which I'm glad it had. There was there was there was moments where you just like you actually you know you're fearing for them. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, obviously, kind of like the Quiet Place. It's it's family orientated with kids, which which really help the Brings situation. Brings the peril up, doesn't it? It does. It it really does. Um, I think if you don't get on board with the concept early on, you're not going to enjoy this film. Yeah. Um, kind of the similar with the Quiet Place. Um, the 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 thing. The thing that, like, the whole concept and with the monsters, I'm on board with it. The thing that I just can't get is how long she was on that river for. <laughs> that was the only thing I'm like, okay, this river's really long. She's on it for, like, nearly two days. Yeah. Um, and there's only rabbits at the very end. That was the only thing I couldn't get on board with. But everything else, I'm like, yep, I'm on board. Even the, when they go in the car and it's got the motion sensors, logically, that makes sense. Yeah. All makes sense. Clever what idea. we should have seen was she just bumped into a couple of rocks yeah. and had to push her way out. Yeah. But at no point did was there any um, obstacle for her just just fr- free flowing <laughs> through this river yeah. with a blindfold on with two kids. Yeah. At no point did they get splashed no. up didn't, until the point where they pretty much tipped over. Yeah, so um, <laughs> all of the rest of the film, everything about it, even the ending, really, really liked. It was kind of just that, but I'll forgive it because... That's just what they had to do. They yeah, could have was, just drove there. I was, never, <laughs> but, I was never bored watching this film, although but at the same time I was never like hanging off the edge of my seat. I see. see no. I, I did get. I did get to that point. Um, I I tried to just fully accept it because there was a lot of hype behind it, and I think that can spoil films for you know when you it's people say oh yeah it's really good and there's loads yeah. of hype and all these views and people say it's really bad. Um, like I said, I think it's a solid three and a half four stars. Uh, I, I thought the performances in it were really good. The acting in it was was class. Uh, kids' performances as well. Tough, yeah. tough job. I mean, she's shouting at them for most of the time, as well. And the, I think they do a really good job. So, what do you think? This, All right, well, Rich, this what film's you think? a bit sort of. I like a lot of things about it, but there are some things that I really don't like. Um, overall, I really enjoyed it. You, know, you talk about it being hyped and worried about going in and uh, not meeting your expectations, but. I watched it like only the other day mm-hmm. after all the hype had died down and then everyone said that it was only just average or yeah. above average. So I was actually pleasantly surprised at how good it was because I was expecting it to be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it has a lot of things similar with A Quiet Place. I think in terms of pure craftsmanship, I think A Quiet Place is way better than yeah. this film. Yeah. That's only because I've got some gripes about this film and um, 
but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I do like about it. <laughs> All right, so this this whole post apocalypse, uh, every every man for himself sort of scenario, uh, a weird thing happens, and now everyone has to hide in a house. We've seen this a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with you know the very extreme like Mad Max, but we've also seen it on the other extreme of a terrible film called The Happening, and. Excellent. It's it's all these scenarios where people have to go into small communities and things aren't going well. Zombie films do it all the time. And what I thought was really good about this film was the fact that they had to like raise the stakes even further for people to get on board with it again because mm. everyone's seen zombie films, post-apocalypse films, all of this. Everyone knows how to survive in their own head yep. because they've seen all these movies. They understand the concept of it, they understand the obstacles and they're like, well, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but could you do it blind? Yeah. And that was like, that's the whole yeah. unique selling point of this film. Yeah, but can you do it blind? Yeah. Do you reckon uh, this film was kind of fast-tracked? I don't know in the production scale of when this was like due to, when it got greenlit to come out, but do you reckon, oh, Quiet Place did well, we need something that similar? Possibly, no. yeah. I, because so A Quiet I, Place was so hyped up and because it got such high ratings they were like you know we've got this netflix property that's let's yeah. get it what were you saying k-dog so i know the answer to that so people compare this to the acquired place and all the people's reviews because it's such a similar premise um but this is take this premise is taken from a book that was from 2014 yeah so the premises was around a lot longer like before the quiet place came out and if you look at the production time scale, they were both both of these were shot in unison together. Okay. So oh, neither right. n- neither one of them copied off the other person. If you want to if you want to say who copied, like probably a quiet place stole the premise. I mean, the, the, and it's just unfortunate that Bird Box came out after. Yeah, I mean, because if the, it was the other way around, people would be saying the opposite. The, the script for uh, Quiet Place was it's been like around for a very long time as well. He, he actually um, John Krasinski. There like, you go. You got it. Yeah, yeah. Just about. He he got it and actually rewrote it from the from the writers in, in a couple of hours because he he wanted to add the big family aspect into that. So yeah, I mean you hear about this all the time. There's like you'll hear a movie and they'll they'll be like two Sherlock Holmes properties and you're yeah. like, eh? Well, it's like Gone in sixty seconds versus Fast and Furious. Yeah, that happened at the same time and it's yeah. just studios. It's just a coincidence. Yeah. Because well, there's going to be a car movie at some point. So yeah. You know, um, I'll tell you the, an, the two we, things we that I didn't one. like about this. Okay. All right. So first of all, Bird Box, terrible name. It, it at no point does it does it really tell you what this film's about. I, obviously, we're going to compare this to a quiet place, but that's like eerie. A quiet place. What is mm. this place? Why is it quiet? It gives you a suggestion of what this film is about. Bird Box. It's just like it's just a random but, word. I thought the premise- what did you wanted to be called the dark place. It could have been called Forty Eight Hours on the River. Yeah, uh, she was there for longer than that, wasn't she? I thought it was like two weeks. No, it was about two days. No, it was two days. Two weeks. Right. And like that those the two days, that's the the actual pilgrimage she has to make in order to survive right at the end. So I think Forty Eight Hours on the River. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool name. Yeah, I mean, or at least it's better than Bird Box. I mean, the the title the title <laughs> for me kind of I thought it was about. Birds, like the happening, the only thing I know about that, it's the wind. And I thought this was it was going to be something similar. Yeah. Uh, the bird box, or you can't, the birds are attacking. If you look at the birds, <laughs> you're going to peck your eyes out. Yeah. Which, uh, which is just birds uh, thinking. Yeah. Uh, That's the other thing that I didn't like about this film. I, I mean, 
I I like I like the whole concept of them wearing blindfolds and and taking their vision away makes things mm-hmm. a lot more difficult to survive in this in this uh, mid apocalypse. What I didn't like was the fact that we only ever saw the shadows of the creatures and the wind. Yeah, I mean, I've the, never really liked that that concept, and it, the, it annoyed us. There is a deleted scene where you do see it. You do see the creature, um, but apparently Sandra Bullock just kept laughing at it because it's, oh, it's just really bad. It, uh, two seconds, I'll find it. Um, don't looks like a baby or something, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like oh, like the end of two thousand one. It's like a green man <laughs> with like a goblin face, and you just right. like it. Just it, I don't think it would fit. Yeah, you know, it couldn't yeah, be like I, Shadow. I didn't really like the monster either because I don't think it knew what it was like sometimes I didn't like the fact that it couldn't go indoors it was quite an easy uh, uh, kryptonite for for a monster not to be able to open a door but it can like move a car and when they're in the forest they could like talk to them and that was never a thing yeah it was almost like um, deus ex machina it it was what it needed to be in each scene to become a viable obstacle I think that's the whole whole thing to do about the suicide bit because obviously people commit suicide for various different reasons and I think that's what was trying to so your internal fear and your internal struggles that's what the monster was uh, and tried to represent so I think if you've seen it I, I suppose it could have shown your internal fear yeah your struggle like I guess in front the, of you. the trouble with it is is it is it physical because if it is physical then that's why it was like moving the car around mm-hmm. is it just ethereal is it just a like a wind wispy sort of ghoul thing mm-hmm. if that's the case then fair enough but it's like it's physical and non-physical at the same time yeah that they, was never, weird. they never seem to decide on what it is is it a wind is it a is it a smell yeah. is it just a chemical that does something is it voices in your head yeah it was a strange one here's a question for you lads you know how People like they look at this creature, and most of these people want to want to kill themselves. Mm-hmm. What yeah. did did the did they explain the people who survived and didn't want to kill themselves? I think I think that w- was to do with uh, the creature was controlling them to manipulate the people who were not looking at him. So they're, they're trying to convince them that he can take control over like people. To right. Like the guy who breaks in, he doesn't break into the house. Acts, he, he comes into the house and then ends up like killing nearly everyone. Um, the the creature is pretty much controlling him. Right. Okay. So in yeah. a way, but I didn't like that because it, the people that weren't affected or didn't kill themselves, they in the story they said because they were, had mental illness. Right. They all came from a mental hospital. Yeah, I remember and that. I bit. think that's I think that's just a terrible trope. I think it's really lazy because it just suggests that all people who are mentally ill want to harm others or are susceptible to hurting mm-hmm. others more than more than other people and yeah. i just think it's quite a lazy and dated and quite a horrible plot device that they used there yeah you could um, you could read to just like explain it away through mental illness you could read into it like that um because th- that was like the got he got attacked were they all mentally ill though because the guy with the suit that's what he said yeah obviously didn't look like he'd come from a i think that was just a story for that he made up to get in Possibly, but I suppose it is part of the plot because it's 
It was exposition. It was exposition, so that's a strange one. To and have. they never put in anything that made the audience feel, well, should I trust what he's saying or not? Yeah, I mean, the other the other people that you see that um, the guys driving around the car later on in the film, they uh, just look like Mad Max. They people. did, yeah. They were just they're just being taken over. Um, there was no indication that they were from an asylum or anything like that. If they'd been wearing, you know, jumpsuits over the hat, or like gowns or something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, then you could possibly put that together but I just uh, maybe that's that story that he tells is just something that he, he brings up but like he says it, it is exposition so yeah. it does add that kind of oh is that actually is, is it all just mentally all people? yeah no. well that was a kind of good talk that's um let's go on to the next thing no <laughs> that's got a character development story and writing K-Dog what do you think of this story I think the story is good. I think, we've, like we've already said, I think a lot of it works, but a lot of it doesn't work. Like, there's a lot of plot holes in this. Like, for example, the ending when they're on the river. There's, there's, it lost me when they got through those rocks without one person dying. Um, I, I, are we like supposed to believe that in the five years that these kids were blind, they got taught how to swim? I just don't think so. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think, yeah, it just lost me a few times. And I didn't think all the characters worked for me any as well. There's, there's a lot of characters in this film and we didn't get to spend a lot of time with each one of them. And most of them were just plot devices. They were functional. Like they just needed, they were there to serve the story um, rather than being rounded, rounded characters that I invested my time in and wanted to see survive. Yeah, they felt like caricatures. Um, the remake of Dawn of the Dead did this as well. It was a group of, a small community of people who survived and they all became their own like archetypes, and I feel like we should have spent more time with them as a community and like seeing them actually survive quite well. Because I mean, there was what five years where they survived, mm-hmm. just the yeah, just yeah. the two of them and yeah. the kids. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, they should have survived like a year or a year and a half with everyone. Yeah, I mean, see the with the kids. That's what makes it so suspenseful. So. I can see why they, they did have five years because you know five yeah. year old kids, um, they can they're just trying to train them to look after themselves. Five, you know, they they can they can do quite a bit. So year year old, it would be like, well, should be carrying the babies. So that oh, yeah. that that kind of uh, would take the suspense <laughs> away from there. Um, I really like the I, I like the kid aspect, um, and I think if you you know if you've got kids, you'll you'll really get into this and yeah. want them to survive and. And and realize some of the choices that she she has to make, um, you know, just by calling them girl and boy, you can get that because it just makes it simple, you know. There's no. So, hmm? There was two different stories, obviously, in this film. There was two separate time frames, um, the past and the future, and I I preferred the present time, like the present when they're on the. I like the river storyline better than the one where they're in the house because we've seen the we've seen the story when they're in the house millions of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish they spent more time on the river, to be honest. I thought there were, when they, when you f- the film first starts, I thought we would spend most of the time in the forest, but then it kept going back and forth. Mm-hmm. I like I liked the way that they told the story so it wasn't linear and it kept jumping backwards and forwards because um, I really like to reveal spoilers of, you know, the, the little girl is not, you know, her child. Uh, it was the yeah. woman's. And, it, that, and that, then the good thing about that, they layered that into her... Um, perceived lack of empathy yeah when it was like one of you has to look uh, that, the son's like i'll yeah. look she's like no yeah i'll tell you who does it and i'm yeah. like this this bee is gonna get the girl to do it as yeah. she wanted to I, I think i think that that 
plot point and the story is so strong. It's like it's it's I've not really seen that before. Yeah. In that that setting and that you know when she's talking to them because as an audience she's just like how can you decide and choose? Yeah. In the end, she, she makes the right choice. The way they get out of the river, yeah, it's not it's not great, but the moment before and the drama and the build up of that, it's just. It's it is a it is a very very good storytelling because the yeah. the suspense is just unbelievable. She finally grows as a person. Yeah. Because well, what do you think of the end of this film? Then this whole thing about it's a, a center for the blind and the birds. The birds do something. So, so the birds signal them, don't they? I I really didn't like it. I thought it was a mediocre virgin on bad ending mm-hmm. um, to a very mediocre film. Um, and I just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. That was a very literal ending for such a metaphorical and like whimsical film. Like, oh, the blind are there because, like, the blind survive because the blind. You know, that was never set up and throughout the whole thing. I mean, it, it does make sense that they would survive because they can't see. Um, the book's different, so not everyone in the center is blind because they've either born or had a disease. Some of them have made themselves blind. And they decided to cut that out from the film. So ah, oh, they should have had that in. It's a bit of a harsher ending because they 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 turn up, and they, they realise this, and there's people who's like it says made themselves blind, which the is which is something in itself, you know. They should um, have done that. That would have been so much better. I mean, it's just because they wanted, you know, they wanted that slightly happier ending uh, to a film and not so yeah. down. Yeah. It would have been. It still would have been a happy ending, happening ending because it was safe, but. In the uh, in the other side of it is like we're gonna to have to take your eyes out for you to survive now. Yeah, which is grim, to to quite an extreme. So yeah, I felt the ending was, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no surprises. There's not. I mean, there's no surprises throughout the whole film. Really, it it you know just flows like a river, and then it ends. Yeah, ev- <laughs> every character behaves exactly how you'd expect them to behave, and. Each character has like a tick off list as well. Like most horror films, it's like, oh, you've got, you've got 12 people. You've got all these annoying characters. And then you've got the the two main protagonists. All the annoying characters are going to die. Then the two main protagonists, one of them's going to die. Yeah. And exactly. that all, the, all the plot points are very predictable. At the beginning, you know, you're like, oh, you, 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 and you are going to die. And you, you, you are going to survive. And yeah. by the end, I was spot on, really, with all my predictions. Yeah, I mean, when when it's got a big cast like that, especially when they're in the house, you you know they're not all going to survive, and you know Sandra Bullock is going to survive. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember that that actor's name. I'll look it up now. The guy from Moonlight. Yeah, I yeah, I spotted him straight away. He was in a crowd running. I was like, he's going to be a he's main character be in, in this the film. Yeah, because he was just there. I was just like, well, he's not an extra because he's a very good actor. Trevanti Rhodes. Trevanti Rhodes. Nice. All right, well, let's get to um, direction then. Uh, should we talk about the performances to begin with? What did you think of uh, War Sandro Bullock? K-Dog? Yeah, I thought all the acting was great. Um, I think, I don't know whether I'm right, but I think this type of film might have been better if we didn't have so many famous people in it. Because so we had a lot of big and talented actors and... Um, I think because you knew they were big actors, you knew they'd have a big role, like what you just said there, Rob. Like you knew um, as soon as we saw John Malkovich that he is going to play a big part in this and we're going to spend a bit of time in his house. And I don't know whether it would have been better if we didn't know any of the people on screen. That's a good point. 
Yeah, I mean, with the being... It made it more predictable. I mean, I suppose you've got to... I'll go back to a quiet place like Emily Blunt, John Trudinsky. I mean, the kids were, you know, they weren't known. And that worked. Two big stars, two big actors. Um, That's true. I mean, Sandra Bullock is pretty big, pretty big actress. Yeah. She's been around. Yeah, she has. Um, So is the guy from Moonlight. He is jacked. Yeah, he's, he's massive. Um, well, uh, fact about uh, Sandra Bullock, she actually did a lot of the scenes actual blindfolded. So she was running into trees, uh, she was running into the camera. She actually committed to, to do some of the scenes like that. Um, so she she couldn't see at all. During when she was, um, you know, when she was running with the kids, uh, yep. she took one of the layers off just so, you know, safety for the kids and everything. I'm sure one of the kids, the girl in one of the shots is a dummy. Because the legs don't look right, so right. see if you can spot that if you watch it again. Um, I was disappointed we didn't see more people bumping into things. <laughs> yeah, because that'd be quite funny, wouldn't it? I, I mean, it, yeah. I wish we saw another, like, um, another task. You know that they had the task of of painting the car and then driving yeah, to the that shop. Was, that was really interesting. That like a really like cool a survival task. Like now we're in the world. Yeah. What are some of the the daily chores? That happened, you know, extreme daily chores. I wanted to see more of that. That's not really in direction, it's in story, but I wanted to see more of that. I wanted to see um, the highs and lows. There wasn't an awful lot of contrast with how the characters were feeling. Like, we should have seen them all get drunk and have, like, a really good night because then we all would have connected with those characters. Like, oh, these are still people. Then something else happens that's really bad. Like, the dude comes in. And you know, like kills the old lady and stuff. Like mm-hmm. then, that would have been, um, a lot more heartfelt. Yeah. When they all yeah, died. One, one thing, did you notice this? That you never really saw anyone mourn over the death of the people that died, um, or their loved ones. Uh, it never really stays on the dramatic moments long enough for them to have an impact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, everyone just kind of gets on with their lives after someone dies. I suppose it's that that thing of you kind of just got to. But you know, when we see them in the house, that's just a couple of days, so they've just got to like just survive. You can't even think about it. You've just got to carry on. Um, just want to go back a little bit. You know, when we're saying about um, you, there was obviously there's well-known actors in here, and we knew, and we knew the lesser well-known ones were going to die. Sarah Sarah Paulson died. She was our that's best very mate. True. Was that? Uh, it was our mate who was driving the car, the horse. Uh, I think it's her sister in the, oh, in yeah. the film. She's a very very well-known actress, and she died. Which I didn't think. I suppose she is very well known now, but um, she's mainly known for TV. I think she's just starting to branch out into films. Yeah, true. I don't know who she was. Did you not? No. All right. Um, She's in. She's in everything now. She's in. She's she's very funny lady. If you ever see uh, an interview with her, she's in. um, I just watched Glass the other week. If you've seen that, she's a main character in that. Oh, she plays the doctor, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, She's in uh, American Horror Story. All of that. Oh, right. Every episode. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, sorry. Well, let's get to cinematography then. Did you think there was any really interesting ways that connected the story of, of being blind and wanting to kill yourself with the imagery? No, Not me neither. Really. Nah, there was nothing like that. It felt like it was shot very safe. Yeah. It looked like some of the shots looked like a TV drama, I thought. It was very lazy. I mean, um, the whole there was some there was some shots that were really cool. Like I think the ones in the forests were a bit more interesting than the ones in the house. The uh, shots partic- particularly in the forest when they're going down the river. I think they got some really nice, cool shots, like over uh, the overhead um, ones. 
the overhead ones. But, but that's other than that, not really anything we haven't seen before at all. Um, no. The only thing I'm thinking about is obviously we're going to go back to a quiet place again. But you know the first scene in a quiet place where they're in the shop. Yeah. Really contrasty, really gloomy. All the crisps are on the shelf. All the crisps are on the, on the shelf. They are. Um, and you compare that to the shop scene in this. Mm-hmm. This is just very beige. There's not there's not a lot of of contrast. No, it's just going kind of coverage, on. isn't it? Even something like um like I Am Legend with uh with Will Smith. Will Smith that has a lot of contrast. There's a lot of there's a lot of darkness. There's a lot of shadow that meets a lot of strike and light. Yep. This there's just not a lot of that going on. And I feel like they really missed the boat with this. Like you know the 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 go completely blind for a lot of it, mm-hmm. and it makes yeah, you think such like a, a visual premise. The they're lacking on the actual visualizing it on screen. I mean, I mean, with a quiet place, it's it's obviously been nominated for uh, best sound editing, which I think is amazing. I hope it wins. You know, it's, that whole film's got like ten minutes of dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I suppose with that, you can you can turn the sound off because we've still got the visuals. Uh, you couldn't really turn off the visuals in a in a film. <laughs> you just true. have the sound. It would. I don't think audience would get it. Um, Quiet Place obviously did it extremely well because they put the sound in between and we could, like I said, visually see. Um, so yeah, that's it's a bit of a strange one. The, the cinematography, there wasn't anything that stood out. The house stuff, it was just just lit in a studio. Yeah. Done. The, all of the outside stuff, even some of the action pieces when, when the cars are exploding. We don't actually see too much of all of that. Yeah. We just see enough. Um, it was just it was just clean, wasn't it? There were, it wasn't like it wasn't like they, they attempted to do something and succeeded or failed. It's just they just went really clean and, and basic with it. Yeah. And for the fact that it's this this thriller horror film all about, you know, losing your your sense of sight I just wish there was more connection between the, yeah, the some, visuals and the story. There's something there, isn't there, that they could have maybe played on. Like what, a cool concept, that is. Yeah. yeah. Whatever that is, I don't know, but uh, like it says, you can't really turn the image off. You could put a blindfold over the camera, but... They did that. Yeah, they did that a few yeah. times in there, so... Right. How about special slash visual effects? Well, you touched on that right at the beginning with them... Um, um, everyone blowing up and yeah, I mean, w- walking you, into a flaming car, I things that, like that. that. That was pretty cool. I really liked that. Um, looked like it was done practically to a certain point, and then yeah, then, then out. Uh, you know, some of the uh, when the when they're all in running around in a group. I mean, there's some probably visual effects stuff in the background, explosions. And There'll things. probably be set extensions, yeah, things like that. There wasn't anything that that stood out too much. Obviously, we don't see the monster. It's just kind of a, a shadow and a wind type. I like the shadows. I didn't like the wind. Yeah, happening. the wind's just it doesn't look good. It's just a bit of wind. Yeah, a few leaves like that, blown around. That doesn't mean that it's them coming, it's does just, it? It's just autumn, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> um, I think the worst special effect has to be uh, Sandra Bullock's Botox. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um also why was she cast as like a 30 year old when she's like 55 yeah that's true um i mean there's a i know it's one of the shots in the boat sort of when the rabbits are on that's that's very cgi and it doesn't look like good. she could have been playing her age yeah and it would have been, been really good it yeah. would have been you know she would be like a mature mother that's why she didn't want the kids maybe something like that but instead that made me feel like she was cast as a 30-year-old, obviously because she played along the love interest Tom uh, 
Travanti Rhodes, yeah, which, which I'm sure he must be in his mid thirties. He's not an old look. He's I'm, not an old I mean, dude, is he? That doesn't really age wise and an apocalyptic type. Like it doesn't really matter. It's the, I don't think the age and stuff. It, she could have played like you're right, like that that older character. I think. I mean, they did they did um, hint on it when he said um, you would have been my. Oh, I, w- I would have, I would have been your babysitter or something, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I'm a hot babysitter," but even then, it's like a babysitter can be sixteen and he could be nine. It's yeah, that's not true. a lot of difference between no. it. Um, I feel like if they were gonna play on that, they could have played on it even more, and cast someone who was like really young against yeah. Sandra Bullock. Dragon, it's because obviously. <laughs> In Hollywood, in film, obviously this wasn't like a, I don't think if this was a studio production, but in in Hollywood, obviously the man a man's career can go goes a lot longer than a woman's. Um, yeah, uh, women like a man's sex appeal is well into his fifties now. Yeah, I mean, and then he plays the older roles after that. Uh, with 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 women, it's it, you've seen this throughout history. You see them very young, and then you might not see them. Um, you know, uh, you know. 40s and 50s but when they yeah. turn into 60s then they get the roles again yeah uh, which i think's completely crap <laughs> you know yeah they are still the best actresses out there and there should be i don't think there should be any discrimination hopefully all that will change um but that that might have been the case of like oh we we need her to be to be young but we know sandra bullock yeah well yeah exactly um if they wanted again, it to be young it could have just cast someone younger yeah but it goes back to Sandra Bullock's so well known now that everyone knows how old she is. Don't try and lie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. true. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Editing. So, how do, how do you think the structure of this film? I quite like the structure of this film. The way it um, it goes back to, on the river, it goes back to like the last chapter. Yep. And the story kind of meet halfway, like near the end. You know, when they see when they're like get to the all right we've got to go to the river and that's the first shot we see yeah it's near the end I, I like the whole non-linear thing it was a bit like um dunkirk yeah uh kid you said you, you didn't like so much this the past part did you no i i thought that i just didn't think it was as interesting i thought we've seen that before what we hadn't seen is a, a mother and two kids surviving in the forest blindfolded i thought that was a more interesting story and um, I just wish we stayed there longer. And I thought we were going to stay there longer until I saw John Malkovich and I realized we weren't. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's my only point, really. I think it would. I think you could have had a, an hour and a half film in the forest and then a, 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 like a 10-minute flashback to find out how they got there. There was I a lot in, in the uh, first part with the, the bigger group. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen um, Sandra Bullock and um, Trevanti Rhodes part ways together yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and see them a little bit longer obviously it, we get about 25 minutes with them but mm-hmm. i would have liked to have seen them for most of it and then maybe like they end up meeting up with like the other people again somehow like along the road obviously they did with like the doctor right at the end but yeah, i thought that I was know. that was like so cheesy that was the one thing that was completely over the top <gasps> you're the doctor who is you're the <laughs> you're the uh uh OGBYN that yeah. you know right at the beginning do you remember that bit do you remember this character yes of course I remember this yeah. character like why is this person here they've got no significance to the story anymore yeah um well I I, I kind of like the editing I like this if you know if they were going to this kind of structure of the story um you get to see 
you know, the opening image is just like, okay, they've got to leave and they're going on this boat. And then you're like, flashback to, all right, how it all started. You know, it, it, it's, I, I think it's better than if they just did it linear. Um, there's a bit more suspense into know, it. Do you know the thing? It, it literally tells you how it's going to end. Like, you know, Sandra Bullock is alone with these two kids. So it sets up in the first scene that not every, so you, because of that, you don't get too emotionally invested in the characters because you know, you know they're not going to be there at and the I end. Think, does that just not remove the stakes from the film? Like, I'm, there's just no stakes anymore. I'm not too sure because, obviously, she's pregnant and I think that adds a lot to it because you're like, okay, there's a big time jump here. There's stuff going in between. Like you said, Richard, I, I think we could have seen uh, the, the, the two kind of become, become both the parents together a little bit longer and see how they have to cope. Yeah. Um, but I think because she's pregnant and that if you actually when you watch the the scene when she's getting uh, the scan on her belly, you know, I was just expecting, because I've already seen these two kids to go, she's, the doctor's going to say, having twins? You, oh, you've got, there's two heartbeats. She yeah. never said that. And that's that starts to make me question. I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. She would have found it, you know, it's 2019. She would have found two heartbeats. It's very rare that they, you know, go, oh, you're having twins as you're giving birth. Um, so that that's that's the reason for that, editing style yeah is these few little bits yeah the, the, the sprinkle throughout uh just to help build up that suspense and I, like i says i really like the idea of you know the girl's not her kid because that really really helps for that boat scene which is so strong in this thing i think that's probably one of the strongest things yeah uh, out of everything uh and that whole kind of mini storyline within it uh so yeah maybe i think they just sprinkled just enough for me it's a strange one i'd say because i like what you're saying there about about the um is it is it her daughter um does she does she have any empathy for this character um has she got maternal instincts for this other person but at the same time like what k dog says um we get the premise that she's going to be on her own right at the beginning mm-hmm. uh when you compare that editing style to very something very similar like dunkirk it's obviously cuz it's like three different stories at three different times yeah and they all eventually line up. Yep. Whereas this, I just—it seems like that's that's just not give you all the information. And what we'll do is we'll just cut this in between it, mm-hmm. and it kind of like they had a linear story, and they just said, "Oh, this isn't quite as fun, and we don't have these nice natural breaks uh, between these scenes." What should we do? Oh, well, let's just cut at the river stuff because mm-hmm. at the minute we've got a forty-minute sequence on the river, and it's just a little bit overwhelming and yeah. it's a bit boring. So let's put ten minutes at the beginning, another ten minutes halfway through, yeah. and then we'll do twenty minutes it'll at be, the end. It'll be interesting to see to look at the book and see how that's structured. See if they actually take right. it from the book yeah. and just see, see if the see, chapters see, are non-linear. See, yeah, yeah. Which is, yeah, uh, it, feel, it felt like they had two linear stories that they then figured out how to put together in it in the post. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think it. You know, if you did cut it together in order, it would just be a, it would just be a film, or just be an out film. And I think with cutting it like that, it probably builds it a feels suspense like a, it a little was, bit more. It was, it has more positive than it does negative. Yeah, it does. Um, see, I'm, I wasn't. It's difficult because if we do just have more river stuff, you're on that river. She was on that river for two days. Yeah, that's what I can't believe. You know, does she get off? She does get off at one point, and how does she? You know, they've got food at one point, but they lose all of that. How how long goes past after that? Yeah, things like um, it would have been nice after they lost the food to see them. You know, do, do they try and like forage for food? Are they like so hungry that they have to, they have to like chew on plants or something? 
Um, there wasn't a lot of struggle other than them like just running through the forest. Mm-hmm. Do they try and like build a fire without seeing? Is has she got like a backup plan for something if these things happen? Where's the contingency plan? Because like, she doesn't really have any contingency plan, and she essentially just skates through the river. The the kids yeah, like yeah. <laughs> go into the rapids, just happen to survive, and then they all like run away from each other. She just happens to meet up with them yeah. again. She's I mean, very lucky. I mean, I'm glad it was just her and the other character. You know, had to kind of sacrifice himself, and yeah. you know, because if there was two of them, it would be a you know, it would have been an easier run. Two people to roll the board, for example. Yeah, that's true. What do you think, K Dog? Also, I was just going to say that Trevante. Uh, in the five years later, he's still massive. I don't know when he's getting the time to work out without a mirror or like opening his eyes. <laughs> he's just pumps the Iron Man. Now you Six. see, if you got Christian Bale to do it, he would have committed to slimming right down. He would have. Yeah, but he, he was in Vice, so he was he's massive. He's massive <laughs> enough, and I'll tell you, he's very good in that film. Um, well, sa- let's get a sound design. Sound yeah, design? was there anything in particular? There but wasn't the monster-ish wind. <sighs> there you go, done. done. Yeah, there you go, mate. You get an Oscar for yeah, that. It's not getting nominated, is it? <laughs> um, there wasn't anything that stood out. And saying that, I did set up my sound system, and I had this absolutely booming. Yeah. And there wasn't anything that impressive. Now we watched the Matrix last week, and I had it booming again. Put my sound system on, and that is just. I mean, that's. Yeah. It's just audio pornography, the Matrix, <laughs> isn't it? Just turn you could turn the visuals off on that film. Yeah, it's and... just a beautiful sounding film. This, I dunno, again, everything is just a little bit milky. There wasn't anything that stood out that was really bad, but there wasn't anything that was like, Oh, that is a cool concept yeah. in terms of sound. Wow, I'm I'm really happy that they did this and like linked it together. Um Yeah, it just didn't seem like there was no ambition, was there, in any of these techniques? Yeah, they're like they could have they could have had the cinematography and the and the direction and the sound design all play these like really key parts in in being like, well, what is the concept of the film? How do we translate that into these tools we've got and make it sort of a metaphor for something? And it, it wasn't. It was like they could have got the 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 people who film EastEnders every day mm-hmm. to come in and do it. I mean, I'm I'm just looking up the um the budget for this, uh, and it was it was 19.8 million. Obviously, Sandra Bullock will have a quite a big chunk of that. So maybe some of these technical things they just couldn't go as far as the yeah. you know the possibly could. Because if you think there is, you know, the whole uh, the river scenes, you know, that's quite expensive to film. There's, there's yeah. quite a few actors in this. Um, the you know, they don't have too many big set pieces. So maybe the 19.8 million US dollars sounds like a mo- lot of money, but, it, you know, that doesn't go too far. Yeah. Um, so that might have been, that might have been it. They might not have been able to polish, you know, the, the sound and the cinematography. They just kind of had to play it safe and probably had to play it safe because it's a funny concept. Well, less about film. polish and more just about like fun Cre- direction. Cre- creativity. Yeah. Like yeah. there the wasn't, it doesn't feel like there was any execution of I'm going to try and get an Oscar for the sound design in this. Yeah. I mean, it was, I'm not even going to worry about it. Just to put it into some context, you know, Bright, the film with Will Smith in on Netflix, yeah. that was had a budget of 90 million. So, All right, I so mean, 89 that, million went to Will Smith. Yeah, 89 million. I mean, <laughs> that is a fantasy world and there's a lot of, you know, goblins and pixies and all that. So, you know, right. um, I quite liked quite that. But uh, so, yeah, maybe, maybe that. They didn't want to commit too much. Wasn't it? It could have been more ambitious. Yeah, certainly wasn't bad, but it could have it could have done something 
a little bit unique mm-hmm. with it, especially with having such a like a, a fun concept of you know the lack of sight. Yeah. All right. Well, what about soundtrack? I'll 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 play one of the the songs here. Um, K Dog, obviously you can't hear it, but you can just pretend. <laughs> oh, this is a good one. I like this one. <laughs> yeah, K Dog, I've played it he, yet. He can't <laughs> listen to the music while we're recording this because he's, he's, remote. he's me, remote. Me and Rob can hear it through my laptop, but I mean, I think I didn't. I didn't really notice it during the film, to be honest, which I think that's kind of sometimes it's good down to a good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hearing it now, I'm really creeped out. I think it's it, it's got the suspense. It's got that. It's got this creepy, scratchy tone, like underneath, yeah. which you can hear now. It's very, very horror. Yeah, it is. So it was it was by um, Reznor and Ross, and they do some oh, pretty yeah. good stuff. Reznor so Gone Ross. Girl, Social Network, yep. Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. My favorite uh, soundtrack is. It is, yeah, is, exactly. Um, is Trent Reznor. Uh, Trent Reznor, yeah. The Social Network. Yeah, Social Network. And Gone Great. Girl, two two I massive wrote, soundtracks. I wrote my uh, university uh, short film, finally a project, to that soundtrack. It's actually there's, the music's in that film. So I was like, no one's going to see that. I'm not going to get copyright infringement. And he's also the principal songwriter of Nine Inch Nails. Oh right, okay. That's why. That's how I remember his name. Um, yeah. If you if you listen to it, it sounds pretty cool. Obviously, it doesn't have. Oh God, sorry about the bad so, sound sorry there. Sorry, peeking a little. Um, it it doesn't have the the John Williams esque. I know what that is. This is clearly a theme tune for yeah, this the, song. It's not. I don't think it's. But it lies underneath. Yeah, it's not, it's not too too generic. I think it's got some nice tones to it, and I think I would probably listen to it. I'm gonna turn in it a, off our sound system. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not noticeable in the film, but that's a good thing. It's certainly not bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the best thing about it, actually listening to it there. Yep. Uh right. So how would everyone do it differently? Kidog, would you do this differently in any way? I think I yeah, know. Yeah, like we've been speaking about, I think being more ambitious in terms of the film language, the the cinematography and the sound design. I think I could have really helped this film. And I would have tried to make it a bit less predictable than it was through, I, I can't think of how now, but this, to make this um, a, a bit more of an innovative post-apocalyptic film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to reword this question actually because I've just been reading the article. Richard, how would you do Bird Box 2 differently? Because Bird Box 2. Apparently it's happening. <laughs> I'm reading the article Electric now. Boogaloo. And it's, um, it says it's... it's can, I, can I just reboot it? Rebooted? How would you do it? Uh, I wouldn't cast Sandra Bullock. Okay. Not to say that she's bad, but I think someone like uh, Maggie really like... Gyllenhaal would have played a much yeah. better role. I really like Sandra Bullock. I think it's, it is a quite a strong performance from her. I really liked her, especially with the kids stuff. I think the the problem I have is it's Sandra Bullock. Too well known. And it's not a character. Yeah. Um, what, what's interesting about this world is um, it's the world it's, this is happening to. Um, so you can introduce a new story. Ah, oh, yeah. You, maybe he's have it, have it. Could be different for what, everyone. What, what are people doing five, ten years later? Uh, I want to see more survivalist tactics. I want to see some people like really thriving, just doing really well. They don't have to be blind kung fu artists or anything, <laughs> but just sort of some like really creative, almost like ingenious strategies to be able to survive this way without just locking themselves in and and papering up the the um the walls. Yeah. I'm going to go back to it again. A Quiet Place. 
A really fun little concept is the fact that they use soft plushy toys when they play Monopoly. Yeah. Those are the things of like, they've lived in this world long enough that they've learned to adapt. Yeah. And there wasn't any form of like, oh, okay, they've changed the normal civilization thing yeah. and they've adapted well, to this and that's cool because now they just do it. I think they touched on it a little when they were talking to the kids of uh, when they were clicking the bells and they're like, how close am I? Am I left? Am I right? Uh, think about that but it just it wasn't put into practice see the the problem with that is they've been surviving for five years and only then did they think oh we can use the bells yeah Um, like they would have already done it but why did it have to become yeah i've just discovered this we didn't see them using not really that that scene at the end when they're they kind of lose them in the forest um, it's 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 a little bit there, but like it says, more survival techniques, so you can you can see that. So they've yeah. built they've built that up around the perimeter. Uh, the know and you how just far you just see the survival techniques. They don't have yeah. to say, oh, I'm, yeah. oh he have, he has a bell. I'm going to tell you yeah. about it. It's just they're just doing it, and then mm. we just get us like we're just exposed to these real ingenious, just like clever concepts yeah. of if you've lived in this this way for five years, you're gonna be able to adapt and do it and yeah. it didn't really so have that are we are we seeing maybe uh, if the second one or if you redo this see a story which is 5 10 15 years later and uh, they like I said trying to survive a community not not necessarily their community on like where the the, the uh the I think that they could have learned a lot more in those 5 years okay i think yeah. when it when it zoomed forward 5 years and the kids were alive and it was just the two or the four we of them we didn't see enough of that anymore. they they were still like really struggling yeah and i i, I like the bit with the the string yeah and and the wind chimes and they were teaching the kids uh, yeah, they are 5 years old as well yeah that's, we got the, yeah, you know, that's true pretty, pretty well so um but it was i i wanted them to be more clever. Yeah. Okay, dog. Has it aged? Um. Yes. Already. <laughs> well, no. As it aged, it will age. I think it. It does feel. I, I think it's the cinematography and the camera work that um lets it down, and that that's always the thing that ages first, isn't it? It's not going to ground itself as this is the film. This is a cool concept, and it's going to mature. It's just going to be one of those films you watch in ten years' time, and you go, "Ooh, that looks like 2018." Yeah, I mean, and I, I think I think it's a very forgettable film. Not forgettable, but it just doesn't leave a, a lasting mark on you. Like I probably would have forgot about this. I will have forgotten about this film by next Tuesday. Um, <laughs> Do you reckon if it I, came out in the cinema, it would have just would have just no. passed by? Yes, I would think it would have passed by. But yeah, because it's on Netflix, yeah, it has like high Netflix quality. Th- those early reviews, I think would it's have good it. for Netflix. It would have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, it would have been before it got released. Yeah, those, it would those have been, early reviews. It would have been really heavily criticised. Yeah, it would have came out of a time of year where it might have got buried between something else. Um, like you know, it'll be put the week after like Avengers comes out. Well, everyone's gonna just see Avengers and not yeah. this. Um, obviously that's what they do so going out on Netflix was probably its best strategy then I think, I think it was especially for that budget I think yeah. uh, because they, obviously they had what's interesting about the, the filmmaking um, especially having that budget and them going out and getting the money and making the film well the advertisement is normally twice as much so when they make a film so for example like Avengers 250 million that advertising budget is 250 million it's double generally yeah um, for something like this in the concept, it was you know nearly twenty million, 
but there was no advertisement budget. The platform's already there for Netflix. They just had to get in, put in, in front of the right people so the, uh, those early reviews would go out, get the hype going. But they probably pushed it in front of everyone at a click of a button from Netflix. Yeah. So you're right. This- I, think it's, I think it's very exciting because it just means that Netflix can be more ambitious with what they commission and what they buy. Um, and, and hopefully in a few years' time, we won't be saying films are good for Netflix and we'll just be saying that that's a really good film. You know, well, We won't be judging it based because um, on what platform we see it on. Yeah, I mean, uh, Alfonso Cuaron's film got nominated for, I think, six seven yeah, oscars R- roma have you roma? seen roma uh, no, it's no, unbelievable no. yeah i'm uh, that's me the last one i need to watch of all of the oscar nomination ones i, I saw that in the cinema a few months ago mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's it's a definitely oscar worthy film and it's amazing that it's like living on netflix yeah that that had a small cinema release didn't it a uh, very short run um but then it but went yeah. went went to netflix to it wait and it's oscar nominated you know, he wrote it, directed it, edited, shot it. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard really good things about it. Should we do it for the pod? Yeah, too, right. I mean, I'm going to watch it probably this week just because the Oscars are coming up. Um, and I think it's very strong this year. Um, All right, let's stick it on the list. Yeah, we'll stick that on the list. So it's interesting that we, you know, we're talking about Netflix films, but there's some amazing ones on there. They're spending yeah. a lot and a lot of money on there. And you know what? I like this film. I'll probably watch it again. I would tell people of other people to watch it. It's a it's a popcorn movie, isn't it? It certainly is. Leave I think, your head at the door. I think there's enough suspense. Just enjoy it. Yeah, I, well, I think there's enough suspense, and I think uh, people who have kids, I think they'll really get into this. Yeah. And I think that you know, if you accept that concept straight away. If I went to the cinema on cheap Tuesdays, and it was like yeah. four quid, I I would have came out of this going. I've I've spent. I've spent I mean, a, your Netflix is about... How much is your Netflix? Uh, I'm on my brother's Netflix, I'm on my mom's so, like, so, so it's it nothing. Cost. Yeah, <laughs> you cheapskate, both of you. Uh, Christian, how do you access most of the other films for this pod? Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Arg. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Uh, I've, I, thought, I, give enough, I give enough money to the cinema industry. Do you? <laughs> we'll not get into this on this pod. Um, um, trivia, fun facts, fan theories. I think I've is it in the one. Matrix? I think it. I think this is uh, a version of the Matrix. Okay. So you, you know when uh, it's one of the training programs. No, no. Agent Smith says this is like the eighth version of the Matrix. So oh, this okay. is one of the ones that the uh, they got wrong and they were just testing and they yeah. had to like kill everyone off. They weren't immersed. Yep. Uh, so they put they didn't these. Believe it. These are like maybe when they maybe when they looked at the um, the monster that was them taking the red pill and opening their eyes. <gasps> so this is it a fur- in the further version of the Matrix. So they've hacked in. And yeah. put, put these this monsters them, in. This is them getting out. Yeah. Hey, I like that. Yep, yeah, I'll go. That's cool. I think, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. It would make this probably a really good one. <laughs> if Neo just turned up at the end, not flying. Oh, no, he's dead in me. I don't know. Whoa, spoilers. It's in the third one. Um, I've got a fun fact. Uh, Sandra Bullock ne- never uh, never rode a boat before the filming. All right. I mean, it's a fact. It's a, it's, I didn't <laughs> say it was a good one. Um, and... She actually uh, turned down the role uh, originally, but then she did. That was a fact. <laughs> um, and and ne- next week's film? <laughs> With that, I think I've got one more fact. All right. Uh, no. No. Who would you say had, no. had the best role? Who do you say pulled it pulled it out, out the bag? In this film? Yeah. Um, Gotta be Sandra Bullock. It yeah. was it was all right the right the, it was it was the best I've seen of Sandra Bullock but 
I've seen that performance in other films from other actors better. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the kids because she just shouted at them. The daughter, <laughs> yeah, had some pretty good facial expressions for. Oh my god, just gonna make us for look being, for being. She's very very young in this. Both of them are. Um, you know, you watch child actors, and the only time you really you're like, oh god, that's a child actor, is when obviously you know- they're just. They're just the camera, saying the lines. The camera wasn't on them for very long, though. Did you notice? There's a lot. They were only on for like half a second. Yeah, that's true. A, re- a reaction shot. But you can forgive them for that because you know they are really young. I mean, I'm I'm trying to find that. I think she's is five. Uh, yeah. Why yeah, does the five. creature? Why can't the creature go indoors? Yeah, I've never understood that. I don't know. Is it because like it's, they can only move where the where the wind is? So like if there's a draft, they can get in. Maybe it's just a sight thing because if they look out the window, they can see it. Yeah. So that's perfectly fine. Uh, so if you had the door open, and l- like when when they do look out through the window, it attacks them. It, right. So it is. I think it's purely sight. Whatever, wherever you are, if if you can see it, if you're inside it, it'll get you. I don't know why I can't go through doors. Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was a strange one. I'll forgive yeah, it. New, newspaper just does you just can't do it. Can't. Can I get through the I newspapers? <laughs> I mean, if we bird, bird box two, we might um, we might get a little bit more science explanation. Someone's figured it out. Yeah. Um, it'll be a disaster movie. Yeah, it'll be a disaster. Maybe, you know what it is? You know what the creature is? Have you ever seen Birdman when he flies <laughs> at the end? Yeah. There you go. Hey, that's it's linked. You've cracked it. You've cracked the code. Well, if it's in the matrix, that's the best possible explanation. Yeah, that's so true. far. Sorry. So next week. Well, yeah, we we thought we would do the number one film, which has been the number one film on IMDb for as long as I've known IMDb. Yep. And we're going to do the Shawshank Redemption. No one on because no one. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> waiting for a comment from you there, K Dog. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited. Well, I haven't seen this in years, but obviously it's amazing, isn't it? So I don't think we'll say many bad. No, uh, we we, fun, we fun to rewatch it. We can't say anything good about the challenge, right? Because me and Rob were talking about this earlier, trying to come up with a, what we want to watch. Right, the Shawshank Redemption. It's it's in everyone's top twenty-five. Obviously, it's IMDb number one. And if it's not in the top twenty-five, the wrong. <laughs> yeah. So what we're going to try and do is justifyingly criticize the film as much as we can all right we're gonna say some good things but let's try and be really critical about it and not just bash it but like let's uh expose its flaws yeah because i've seen this lots of times but not for a very long time yes yeah i think the last time i saw it was maybe six or seven years ago i might get on blu-ray it's deacon's one go on it's roger deacon's (laughs) maybe i think it's on it's on some streaming platform i think uh so yeah we're going to watch uh, The Shawshank Redemption. It'll be on somewhere. It'll either be on Netflix, Amazon Prime, It'll Google Play, yeah. or, uh, you know, if you're K-Dog, you'll get a naughty version. You'll get the US, <laughs> the US version. It'll have, like, 30 minutes extra of Andy Dufresne, like, crawling <laughs> through those tunnels. <laughs> no, I, I... No, no, no. <laughs> Whatever, K-Dog. <laughs> All right, so we don't have any trivia, but we've got... um. We've got a Q&A. Should we start off with our voicemail? Yeah, so we've actually we've got, got, a, we've got a voicemail. So if you listen to this on Anchor, you can actually send us in a voicemail, so like you would on a phone. Um, I will. How do you get Anchor? Anchor.fm? It's just in your app store. 
um, this is how we uh, host our podcast. Yep. And it's free. I would recommend people to get it um, because of the certain functions it's got. And, and it's free. You can send voicemails. So see- if anyone wants to send a voicemail, get yourself on Anchor. Find the film look podcast and then uh, just like do a thing and send a voice. Yeah, and what you can do is you can do it at different points in the episode as well. So if you just want to talk about the news and views or the film or whatever, or if you've just got a question, you can put it in then and we'll play it. So we've actually had one from Jared Johnson, who uh, is one of our number one listeners. Number one fan. So this is what he had to say. What's up, guys? It's JJ here, your favorite audience member, fan, whatever. I'm glad the podcast is back. I'm like, hey, K Dog is back. I uh, just want to voice my opinion on The Shining. I loved it. Yeah, it scared me as a kid, but I totally agree that it's been analyzed and video essays so much that that scare factor is now gone. Uh, so I still love The Shining, though. Uh, Jack Nicholson kills it. Uh, Amy Duvall is a terrible actor. My cat is a better actor than she is. But uh, I still love The Shining. I still think it's one of my favorites of, of Kubrick uh, after Full Metal Jacket, which I hope you all do on the podcast one day. So see you guys later. Love the podcast. Keep it going, and I'll see you all next time. Well, thanks for that, JJ. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's weird to hear JJ's voice for the first time. Yeah, we spoke to him quite a, in the comments quite a lot. Um, I, I, from from his display picture to his voice, he's American, isn't he? He's very American. Yeah, he's very sorry about that. He's this, got JJ, like a very are. deep. He's a hey man. Yeah, JJ here, and we'll definitely do um, Full Metal Jacket because I haven't seen that. Yeah, so we can do I, w- that for I would say that's Kubrick's best film. Cool. And it's because it's just like a normal film. It's not like a wacky, stupid concept. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just a good yep. movie. So, K-Dog. Hey, K-Dog. I kind of do an American accent. <laughs> that was pretty cool, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. Good. Right. Good right, K-Dog. Thanks, K-Dog. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, K-Dog. Is, there's a delay on the feed. <laughs> uh, ex- exposing the... the uh, no, no, it's uh, fine. We'll move on to the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, JJ. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, K Dog. We've got K Dog on the line here and he's got some comments. But <laughs> uh, right, yeah, so we've got some more questions. Want to read them out? Okay, so we got some, uh, one here from, from William. He says, How does it feel to have over 20k subscribers? Feels good. Yeah, I mean, we've, it's, you know, I remember when we got 100, that was cool. Yeah, getting um, to 100 was wicked. Getting yeah, to 500, you know, that's on a BTS. I mean, if 1,000 was, was a good day. Um, we actually missed we it. We missed it because... We uh, missed the count. We had to go film something with K-Dog. Yeah, we did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, 20K, and, you know, I, I don't... It's nice to nice to say that, but that our next goal is definitely fifty and um, hundred. That's what we when want. You get, when you get hundred, are you still planning on getting a, a joint tattoo? Uh, yes, we are. So, um, I mean, which it's going to be a jigsaw piece, and if you put them both <laughs> together, it makes an orange lens cap. No, be so. Me and Rich have. Um, so, if we get a hundred thousand subscribers, we're going to take the plaque to the tattoo place and get. Uh, the orange it was lens originally going to be the red square. Yeah, but we've changed but it. The now. lens cap is more. Yeah, so we, we're going to get an orange like a lens cap um, tattooed on us. So if you want to see us do that, subscribe to our YouTube channel <laughs> at the Film Look on YouTube. All right, I got one here from Jordan. He says, um, "Which one comes up with the story ideas? Are we both come up with story ideas? I don't know if it's part of like 
just like an episode thing or a film or it's I suppose well, both of us we I mean we're pretty much come up with both one of us will might come up with a concept but then we'll both like develop, develop that it. Yeah. and some of them will just be ah uh, yeah we'll we'll talk about it, but we'll never make it but then some of them will actually turn into films yeah um so yeah so both of us which, which I definitely recommend to anyone who's who's writing out there kind of shorter people get feedback you know they don't have to be complete collaboration with each other but that feedback is definitely uh, vital just to get your ideas out there and if you're in a rough rough patch in your story someone might just come up with something good so i've got one here from uh, james he says i was wondering what your thoughts were on the new screen life film genre he says examples such as searching the den and unfriended yeah. have you seen any of them k-dog searching was quite a big i haven't one. heard of any of them all right search searching was it's got the guy from american pie um, the main guy? No, not the main guy. The other guy. The, the guy who sells, says, uh, who comes up with MILF. You know the two mates? Oh, yeah. He's also in Star Trek. Uh, so, uh, searching, it's it's all about him searching for his daughter who's ran away, possibly kidnapped, but it's all screen-based. So you see um, the screen capture, you see via a webcam, but you never actually see them out and about via phone, via Skype, via, well, uh, FaceTime probably. Um, I've not seen it. Um but there is a there is a couple of films. Out so there. the screen oh, looks good. It's getting good reviews on um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, it's meant to be. It's meant to be very very good. And the concept it's it doesn't doesn't seem to get old. So it's all film. it's all based on like like webcam footage. Webcam screen caps. All oh, right. So and it's it's all about him searching for his daughter. So going through messages, talking to people online because obviously that's how everyone communicates now. And yeah. there's an archive of those as well, and him oh, finding right. out clues. That's um, cool. So yeah, I mean, I've not seen any of them. I think I think you can only probably go so far with a concept and an idea like that. Um, you couldn't do every film; it's all screen based. But yeah, if you've got a good idea, go for it. Like, because it's you've, the production wise, uh, it's just webcams and whatever's behind you, yeah. lighting, you know, shots wise, it's the, it's the same. It's it's literally it's probably harder to do because the story's got to be very compelling. Yeah, so. uh, another one from Jordan actually says, "Do you guys have a solution for editing on the road?" No, I mean we've got we've got laptops, so I wouldn't say the the we we could edit with them, but it would be very very difficult. Uh, so no, we don't. We've got two desktop PCs, so if we ever do need edit on the road, we're, we're <laughs> we'll borrow uh, K Dog's m- mega new- MacBook Pro that he's just yeah, bought. Just got, I've just got a new Mac. Yeah, so we'll so, um, we'll have to borrow that. <laughs> oh, if MSI is listening and they want to send us a, if anyone wants to send us a laptop, uh, we'll thank uh, we'll thank you, James. We'll uh, we'll it. do a we'll do a short series on it on the road. Yeah. Uh, another one from uh, oh, I've got one here from James Wilmot. Yeah. This is um, Teddy. Teddy, yeah. Uh, what happened with Sunday's episodes? Did I miss something? Lots of love, Teddy. Kiss. Oh, TEDx, as it looks like. Oh, TEDx, uh, yeah. Talks. Uh, no, we've just stopped them for a while. Um, they will be coming back. We're just we're, we're concentrating on um, kind of other content for the channel and uh, other ways for us to make a viable income from YouTube. So we kind of thought, let's just stick to one video a week and it allows us and it frees up time to concentrate on developing the channel and making the channel bigger and more sustainable for ourselves and obviously the content as well. Rich has been working on um, a sound um, a Foley guide footsteps pack yeah. uh, for the last couple of weeks uh, so th- that's been taking you know a lot of prep and then production and then then shooting so we just needed a free up time and we thought instead of putting something out mediocre on a Sunday something that wasn't as entertaining or educational let's just not put anything out at all um, yes we don't get those views 
you know, and I really like the BTS uh, doing them. Me too. Yeah, and we've had some really good response from them, but it was purely down to time. They will be coming back once we can um, figure figure stuff out. We've got I've got a few few different ideas of what we can do or or, or carry on. Um, so yeah, that was just purely. You should do you should do more behind the scenes content on like your Instagram and stuff. Yeah, like I mean, stories. We've we've been we've been trying to to do that as well. So if you if you do want to see a little bit more behind the scenes, uh, follow us on Instagram at the Film Look. We we post different stuff out there, and that's how a lot of these questions have came in as well. So if you want to if you want to ch- check that out, you can. Um, yeah, it's just purely time. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's when you're doing something, you have to then think, could I be filming doing this mm-hmm. and make it interesting and, enough? Sometimes you just want to get on with whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, and and the stuff that we've been um we've been working on behind the scenes, which is not necessarily video uh, content for the YouTube channel, um hopefully it'll help us progress and like it says make the channel sustainable for us in the future. So yeah, take a little bit of time off them ones, but the Tuesday ones are still still. Whenever we've got something that's really interesting, we'll start putting some Sundays out again. Yeah, but, but sometimes I don't we'll think just we'll not be that doing every Tuesday and Sunday. I mean, today all I've been doing is staring at a computer screen and emailing writing website stuff and like planning different bits and pieces and yeah. putting stuff in folders you've got square eyes i do i do uh so yeah sometimes it's just not that interesting what we should do is do a bts one week where it's just where it's like just completely honest so it's just me so me and you just un- sitting there I'll, I'll unlock the office in the morning <laughs> i'll put the coffee on you know, you know what? Some you YouTube. Should do it. You should do it in real time as well. Yeah. Eight hour video. Some some YouTube channels. That's what they do, Pete McKinnon. <laughs> Stupid. I don't want to see you making coffee anymore. We've seen it, man. That's Make something a, good. You know what would be good? A shot of your feet walking and then and then you can jump cut it to a shot of, of your hand um, putting a key in and unlocking and then a shot of like the coffee in. No one cares about this, man! And then me go and drink the coffee and go, ah, let's get the video started after so 27 boring, minutes. Honestly. You know what? We should. Oh, and, we then should. Do, and then do a time lapse That's, out the window for like should. 20 seconds and then put vlog the, hash 300 yeah. and something and then flash it and then put your name on. Maybe it's the challenges instead of, because this is going under a bit of a rant and a bit of a ran, ra- ramble, instead of bashing it, we, we've, we've got to come up with a, an idea of how to you, actually make it. You good. should make the most We do. It's how can. to tell better vlog Sorry. stories. Sorry, we've got up. a video. Yeah, what do you say, Kate? You, you should make a vlog that's the most cliched vlog you can. <laughs> and just put it out there and see how well it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know You'll what? You'll probably get hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah, we probably will. You know, and then we'll just drop a little bit of knowledge and then just film a tree or something. <laughs> That's all the just read an inspirational quote. Yeah, you know what I've noticed? Who makes the most people who make the worst vlogs? Filmmakers. Yeah, because they're not filmmakers. We're not getting at this. We should have the subject of this, but traditional filmmakers and the vlog types filmmakers. There is a there is a difference, but none of them's wrong. Because it's none of them's wrong. It's about filmmaking. Yeah, and then it's just like, oh man, just no. Let's let's make a, a generic, typical vlog and see if anyone says anything. So yeah, if you, the next vlog, uh, the next BTS uh, uh, James that comes out on Sunday will be generic. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> that's all your fault. <laughs> it is. Uh, that's all the questions we've got. If you want to send us a question though, um, you can tweet us at the film look Instagram as well. Uh, whenever we're doing stories, we usually ask questions, and that's how we get loads of answers on here. If you've got something a bit longer form, you can find us. Um, uh, what is Gmail. it? The film like at gmail dot com. Yeah, we and, read uh, all we're the emails. We're always in the YouTube comment section as well, so I'm pretty sure you can find us 
somewhere and send us a voicemail. We want to get more voicemails. Yeah, on, on the so on the it's Angry, on. If you, it's a it's a cool app as well. Um, it's like I said, that's how we 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 put our podcasts out there, and it works. It's good. Um, anyone else? Christian, got anything to say, Rich? Anything else? No, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for that, K-Dog. Uh, I, I do as well. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, and always, thanks Can for Can we the... take these blindfolds off yet? Yeah, I know. Well, I'm being able to read my script. I think it's worth saying that this is the first podcast we're doing where we can't see each other. So yeah, it's, that's quite, true. it's quite fitting for the theme of the film, given that, because we're, we're blindfolded. We can't, it's, it's difficult to know when to start talking. Yeah. I've been struggling reading the script. Um, Have you been wearing your blindfolds too this whole time? Yeah, yeah, yeah K-Dog. Of All course. Right. It's a bit difficult with glasses on. Like. I brought my tie. I just, I just painted my glasses. I do. <laughs> Got the tip X out and just painted You've them. You've been water. using Google Maps all day. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Uh, as always, thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We really enjoyed doing it. Um, and we do try and achieve it one shot at a time. And until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.